Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, L.A. County District Attorney Jackie Lacey, as we continue our 24th anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a wonderful show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is the L.A. County District Attorney, Jackie Lacey. Ms. Lacey, welcome back to our show. It's nice to be back, Art. Thanks. You are the head of the L.A. County District Attorney's Office, the largest in the country. You have over a thousand attorneys. You're the first African-American to hold the position, yeah. and you're the first woman. Congratulations. Uh, what's it like running this giant entity? It's exciting. Uh, there, it is the busiest office. We prosecute probably more violent criminals than any other office in the country. Uh, there's never a dull day, ne never two days are alike, and uh, because, you know, anything can happen and because we're uh, right here uh, with Hollywood in our jurisdiction, oftentimes uh, our cases uh, touch celebrityhood, uh, our cases are watched throughout the world, uh, but it is a, it, it's an honor to serve in this capacity at this office. And I know you've been a prosecutor with the office for many years. and, and 30. Was, 30. 30. March 24th, it'll be 30. Oh. And rose through the ranks, and you were obviously a successful prosecutor, uh, as you. evidenced by your continued. But now, as the head, you probably don't get into court very much. No. Um, we have uh, a layer of about 50 managers that it takes to run this office, and so I don't get to go into the court a lot, but uh, I can be uh, very involved in some of our more high-profile cases, and certainly I'm involved in the policy making that determines what we do on, on each of our cases. On some of the high-profile cases, will the prosecutor who's handling the case consult with the manager and you on which way to go on certain things? Sure. On, on cases where we feel that we're breaking new ground or that uh, are going to get the media attention, then those cases, and only those cases at the very top, uh, we have a committee that reviews them and makes decisions or make, gives advice to me and I make some of the decisions on some of those cases. What are some of the most important decisions that you make as the district attorney? You know, at times it's, it's whether to file a case or not file a case. On uh, our standard of proof is we have to be able to prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. And uh, there's no clear-cut case. There's no such thing as a dead-bang case. There are always issues. There's al there are always, we always weaknesses. And um, if it's a case where the timing is important or, or what have you, or the case is close, then it'll be brought to me and I'll make the call. I know Prop 47 has really had an impact on the criminal justice system. And could you speak to that and sure. first explain what Prop 47 did and then... Right. Well, well Prop 47 was passed by the voters in uh, last year, last November. And what it did is it took a category of crimes. Basically, it took um, 
drug cases that were normally felonies and made them all misdemeanors, uh, the current ones. It also allowed for people who had been convicted of felony uh, drug possession to go back and petition the court to lower it to a misdemeanor. Uh, in addition, it uh, made cases where theft, the amount of theft was under $950, is now a misdemeanor. That you can just charge it as a misdemeanor. From speaking with uh, people, including our local city prosecutor, sure. Doug Halbert, I've learned that the passage of that has, uh, has the DAs have lost leverage to push people into diversion, uh, drug users, and therefore they are not getting into the diversion programs that they used to and uh, they're getting back out on the street very quickly. Well, the impact has been that um, with regard to drug courts, drug courts have dramatically increased their participation by 60%. Drug courts are those alternatives that say you can either go to jail or you can either or go attend a program. And uh, some of them were extremely successful in getting people to finally get the help that they need. Now I think uh, we as a society are going to have to look for other ways to get people help. Maybe uh, it's time to treat you know, drug possession as, as a health problem, addiction as a health problem. But yes. uh, the courts really have lost their leverage as well as the DA's office. So passage of Prop 47 was not, uh, in your judgment, probably a, a good step for our community. I think it's too early to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I think we need more data, more studies to determine um, what impact, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, we've only been in it a year. And what about the other R, uh, realignment? Yeah, realignment, we're, we're approaching our fourth year in October. Uh, well, we, we passed October, so our fourth year has already occurred. We're into our fourth year. Uh, and um, that has been, of course, the sentencing shift where people who were normally housed in uh, state prison are now being housed in county jail. And it had some unintended consequences, one of which LA County was a leader in helping to fix. And that was that when an inmate went to prison, uh, their earnings were used to pay restitution to the victim. When, uh, pro when AB 109 was passed, there was no mechanism to collect restitution if you did your time in county jail. So this year, the DA's office, uh, the LA County DA's office, took the lead, got the law changed, and also um, helped get a vehicle in place. So now victims of crimes where their defendants are serving their time locally can get restitution. But under, uh, with... Um Realignment, uh, the release of prisoners from state prison uh, being sent down to the county, many counties, and I'm sure yours included, have had to release county prisoners to make room, and so uh, more bad guys are out on the street. Well, um, I, I, as far as I know, the LA County Sheriff tells me there isn't any early release. Uh, that the people who are actually uh, serving their time in county jail are doing all this time that they would have done in state prison. At first, the shift that occurred was so fast, you're correct, that there were people getting released perhaps earlier than they should be. But uh, in, in general, what's happening is that they are serving their time, they're just doing it at a county jail level. Um, but, but didn't prisoners in the county jail have to be released to make room for them. Well, they did, but then Prop 47 was passed, and so oh. you had less of a need for there people because they were now misdemeanors, whereas before they were felonies. Felons, you had less of a need for that space. Mm -hmm. 
Well, uh, we're going to talk about uh, other important issues, but first we have to pause for these messages. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo Tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo Tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo Tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo Tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo Tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. We're back continuing the conversation with L.A. County District Attorney Jackie Lacey. Jackie, your office has a new approach to sexual exploitation. Please share it with us. Right. I mean, uh, um, before art, um, before hum the human trafficking law was passed, uh, back in 2008 or 2009, we referred to uh, a male as a pimp who was trafficking, uh, be it a woman or a child. And uh, then it got relabeled human trafficking. And we had hoped that we would have, be much more successful in, in prosecuting more of the human traffickers. But in 2012, a proposition was passed which said you no longer had to prove that a minor didn't consent to being trafficked by an adult, that it was presumed. And once that happened, everything happened. Our approach changed. Uh, we tripled the number of human trafficking cases that we filed. In addition, we started treating um, these minors as victims rather sure. than as prostitutes. And that resulted in increased sentencing, uh, as well as getting some of the girls and some boys out of this, um, you know, this human trafficking uh, loop that they were in and into safety. I've heard this phrase, there's no such thing as a child prostitute. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to rid ourselves of that language. You know, uh, someone who is you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, who's approached by an adult 
in their 30s uh, or 20s or 40s. Where is the mutual consent in that relationship? Clearly the adult has the upper hand, especially if the adult is a gang member who wants to exploit that child for sexual purposes. And that's a very uh, uh, rich source of income for gangs. Oh, absolutely. It's better than drugs. Better than drugs, yeah. Better than drugs, because with drugs, you have to find a source of supply. With a, with a child, you can reuse them over and over again, or, or, or a woman. So. And what about going after the Johns? Uh, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Without Johns, this business doesn't exist. There's no question that the market for minors is, uh, is, is high out there, that there are some unscrupulous people who think that having sex with a child is okay. And uh, unfortunately, the way the justice system has the law written, uh, we have to prove that they knew that the person they were procuring was a child. And that's been the sticking point, because they could always say, well, I didn't what's know. What's the definition of it? What's, what's the age where? Actually, anyone under 18. Under 18. Under 18. Uh, and so obviously, the closer they get to 18, the harder it becomes sure. for you to prove that they knew this was a child. But the closer you get to 12, 13, it becomes easier. Um, uh, there are different approaches to, f to, to doing something about Johns. Uh, some people, like the Long Beach uh, City Prosecutor, uh, shames the Johns. I know in L.A. County we have a shaming statute also. You do? So yes, we do. So you'll publish names and photographs? They, uh, as far as I know, the Board of Supervisors is ready to do that, is to publish names and photographs. But uh, I'd like to be a lot more creative. Uh, look at people's emails, there are text messages to determine whether in fact they're trying to procure uh, a minor. Very good. Well, let's uh, turn uh, a corner here and discuss the Criminal Justice Mental Health Task Force, which you chair, some 60 members. And the, the problem, of course, is that uh, so many, 17% of the inmates in uh, county jails have mental health issues. Right. It's, it's actually 17% of the males and 22% of the females in L.A. County Jail have been diagnosed as having a mental illness. The L.A. County Jail is the largest mental health ward in the nation. There are nearly 4,000 people who are in the L.A. County Jail wow. who are being treated for mental illness. And what kind of treatment can you get in a jail setting? The, the least amount possible. I mean, if, any, if anything, uh, if you can imagine doing uh, any kind of therapy sessions, chained to a table this size in a jail setting with other inmates in their cells watching. Uh, it is absolutely the wrong way to go, and it's costly, it's inefficient, and, and it's ineffective. So the Criminal Justice Mental Health Task Force was formed uh, in 2013 to do something about it. I'm proud to say that one of the areas we're focusing on is Long Beach. We have a great chief of police as well as um, a health director and others in Long Beach as well as a fire chief who really embrace this concept. And what kinds of things now are you doing that uh, make the approach different? Our, our top priority is retraining law enforcement. Oftentimes when you have someone who is mentally ill either on the street or in your home because they're a relative, who can you call? Who do you call uh, when things get out of control? And oftentimes you call police officers. So we want to train police officers in mass uh, 
to de-escalate situations involving people with mental illness. Because that, we think what happens is you approach someone uh, with mental illness the same way you would in a SWAT incident, that's going to escalate, right? But there are definitely tools we can teach law enforcement to do that. So we want to train police officers. We also want to provide an alternative to jail and our emergency rooms. Our emergency rooms are crowded, if you've been lately. Uh, you know the wait is horrendous. And if you're mentally ill, the officer has to stay in that emergency room with that person. If they take them to jail, they can be in and out in 30 minutes. So we want an alternative. So it's easier for the police officer to just take him to jail right. and he's back on the street in 30 minutes. Well, yes, exactly. The police officer is quickly back on the streets. But is the person getting treatment in the yeah. long run? Probably not. So... Uh, you're training officers to be more sensitive to... Uh... Right. Well, we have a report with all of our recommendations. It's called a Blueprint for Change. Just recently, we got the County Board of Supervisors to allot $120 million to our project. Yes. Um, everybody is all in right now. We want to do a a several different things to approach this problem. First, you know, I mentioned we want to train officers how to de-escalate the situation. We want somewhere else for people to go besides jail or your emergency Are room. there those other places yeah. built? Well, that? as a matter of fact, uh, Long Beach is working on creating an ur what's called an urgent care center where you'll have some place to drop someone off in order for them to get plugged into services and help. Uh, we also want to create places for people to live who are living with mental illness. Yes. Um, that, that, that's an issue. Many are homeless, and uh, if they could be in supportive housing or places where they can, where instead of them going, depending upon them to go out and get the services and the medical help, that medical help could be brought into them. I think we'd be a lot more successful uh, as a society in dealing with this issue. And I know she, uh, Sheriff McDonald uh, very much wants to uh, um, help in this effort and reduce the mental health pop, uh, the mentally ill prisoners, but it's, I know it's a resource problem. It's a resource problem. Um, uh, what he's faced with, what the sheriff is faced with, is the population of mentally ill people uh, identified as mentally ill in the jail has, has tripled. Ah. And part of that is due to we've gotten better at identifying those people who are mentally ill and need to be in mental health services. Uh, but this is a national discussion. I'm proud because LA County kind of got ahead of the game nice. uh, a bit and started talking about this ahead of time. And we feel like if we can make some changes here in LA County, that will affect the way this issue is handled throughout the nation. Right. Okay, we'll be continuing this discussion with the district attorney after these messages. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah. But if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. 
We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own in my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. Game day, fourth quarter. Not that you would know, because you're watching Vegetable Fun Time on demand for the 14th time in a row. It's time to dance. Subjecting you to the whims and desires of a singing carrot. Dance, dance. But you've got the Spectrum TV app, so you can catch the game live with crystal clear HD picture and sound while your son continues perfecting the broccoli boogie. Get the victory dance-worthy flexibility of Spectrum TV. Where will it take you? We're back with District Attorney Jackie Lacey. Jackie, you have a conviction review unit that uh, reviews past convictions and sometimes allows people out that were wrongfully convicted. Well, uh, these are people that, uh, who have alleged that there is newly discovered evidence that casts doubt on their conviction. And so we established this year a conviction review unit so that we'd have some place to go to look at those kinds of cases. When you think about it, DNA has progressed a lot. Sometimes there are witnesses that were used in prior cases to convict someone and we found out some credibility issues. So um, our office um, joined about, there's about 10 offices throughout uh, California who established a conviction review unit just for the purpose of reviewing those cases and they're made up of experienced prosecutors who are, who are trusted and respected by uh, people in the office. But I sort of felt like this is something that went right within our mission. Uh, our mission is the, we just redid our mission statement so that it's clear, concise, everybody understands that our mission is to protect the community uh, by dedicating ourselves to pursuing justice in a fair and ethical manner and safeguarding crime victims' rights. So this unit will do that because we realize mistakes can be made and they need to be reviewed and we should lead that review. Well, commendations to you for doing that. Thank you. And uh, just a couple of the other accomplishments of your Right. Yeah. Well, we had a big move. We're now in a, in, a, in a beautiful historic building called the Hall of Justice, uh, which, is, which is amazing. It was shuttered in the, uh, after the 92 earthquake, and we're in there. We're sharing the headquarters with the sheriff. It, it is an amazing building. It's uh, you know, located at 211 West Temple Street. Um, we have uh, hired and trained a number of prosecutors now, not only to do those human trafficking cases, uh, but we're focusing on cyber crime, environmental crime, which is very timely if you look at the issues of, of the day. Uh, we're warning our seniors about financial scams out oh there. We've got, we've got something called Fraud Friday Alerts, and I hope people go to our website and see those. Those are alerts that go out about the latest scam. Uh, that's happening. So you could check our, our website for those. So there's quite a bit happening. It's a very busy office, but a very progressive office with a lot of really smart people who help get the job done. Well said. Well, uh, you were elected four years ago almost, and uh, you're up for re-election next November. Any plans? Any announcements? Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm at the primary is June. 
uh, ah. of this year, June of 2016. Uh, I am uh, so happy doing this job, uh, being the district attorney of LA County. Every day I wake up and I think uh, to myself how fortunate I am that I found my calling very early in my life. Uh, it's a challenging job. Uh, there are dark days, uh, but I have put together, I believe, an extraordinary team of leaders uh, such that uh, any challenge that comes our way, I'm confident that I have the right people in the room to make the right decisions. There's a book called Good to Great, and uh, that's sort of our standard. Good to Great. Good to, taking an organization from good to great, and that's really, it's a great organization. I want to make it even better, so it's. And it's, the decision whether or not to prosecute is a, is a very important and powerful decision. It affects the lives of so many people. I think so, I think so, and I take it very seriously. Uh, I think the, the office does wield a lot of power. Uh, and uh, a lot of people are watching it, and I want to make sure that when a case is filed, that we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this is the person that committed the crime. And particularly in this time where we're seeing, um, in some communities, uh, protests against police, yeah. and uh, uh, I've spoken to police officers, and, and quite a few of them feel that they are walking targets because yeah. of the attitudes. Uh, the DA's role is very important. Cer certainly the DA's role. I mean, we, we um, have a justice system integrity unit that prosecutes police officers when they break the law. And certainly we look at those cases very carefully. Uh, we follow the law, and if we believe that uh, an officer has broken the law, we'll file a case. If we do not believe it meets the standard of proof, we won't. Uh, so we try to uphold that, stay out of a lot of the politics of this, you know what I mean, sure. and try to just do our jobs. Sure. But here's what I'll say, you know, being in this business for 30 years, um, it's cyclical. I mean, I was here in this job, in the job of being a deputy district attorney when Rampart happened. Uh, and a lot of cases have happened. In one minute, uh, law enforcement can be blamed for things. The next minute, like in San Bernardino, they're heroes. We so. were down there for a conference at the time it occurred, and boy, uh, we, we, we have to trust. We need a police, police departments all over the country. They, they are they are first critical responders, to yeah. uh, the survival of a civil society. But they also have to be uh, doing their job properly. So it's 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 tough to draw the line. You know, I recently went to the funeral of a Downey officer who was oh, killed, yes. and I haven't seen the movie, but there was a movie that was quoted during his eulogy called "End of Watch." And the point there was a, a phrase in there, and the and the phrase. Um, I can't recall the phrase, but the, the important thing to remember is police officers are human beings. They're no yes. different from you or I. They right. bleed, they have uh, feelings, they make mistakes, they can be subject to um, certainly uh, corruption, and so we need to look at it that way. But we, what we do need is we need a police department that we trust, and I'm happy to say here in, in Long Beach, of course, you have Chief one Luna. of the, yeah, Chief yes. Luna, one of the best. There's, this department has a lot of integrity. Thank you for that. Uh, and, uh, the lead, and, and more importantly, Chief Luna has the backing of leaders with common sense. Uh, all the way from the mayor to the city council to the city attorney, and, and that's really what you need. And I know he does a lot of community work, and you do that community outreach before an incident occurs to bank some goodwill. Right. So, God forbid something happens and yeah. inevitably something does happen. Right. 
you have those lines of communication. Absolutely. Open. Very yeah. important. Very okay. crucial. Okay, we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. You've been planning this moment for a long time. It couldn't be a more perfect moment. And you have the perfect ring that will tell her, I want to love you forever. But nothing is perfect. Don't listen to that guy. He got the ring at McCarty's. McCarty's yes. makes a moment. I think our community is very fortunate to have a district attorney of the quality of Jackie Lacey. And I want to thank you publicly for your service you. to the community and you. uh, uh, your good works. Thank you. It's an honor to serve. Um, you know, to, to some degree, there are, um, the district attorney's office has been in existence for 100 and it's probably 151 years now. Yeah. And um, it, it's just an honor to be here. Thanks for joining us, Jackie. Thank you. Okay, thank you for being our guest. Please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everybody. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.